Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Strangers came to you because with you they hoped that they would be seen for who they were, not for who the seers saw. May we who are strangers see each other for who you made them to be. Amen. Let us stand and sing.
So for the two weeks that we were off of in-person worship, the part of the service that I missed the most was this part right here. Maybe it's because I need God and we need God. Maybe it's because I mess up so much. Maybe it's because we need fresh starts. We need second, third, fourth, fifth chances. And we do. And thanks be to God for offering them. So confident in God's grace, and aware that God wants our honest, full selves, let us go now to God, praying the prayer of admission found in your program. Let us pray. Loving God, we confess that we have tried to hide from you. We have lived only for ourselves. We have turned our backs on our neighbors and refused to bear the burdens of others. We've ignored the pain of the world and passed by the hungry, the poor, and the oppressed. Forgive us, God. Free us from selfishness so that we may choose to love. Friends, hear the good news. When Jesus, our Lord and Savior, hung from that cross, the cross that we put him on, 
He looked out at this crowd and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Friends, we still don't know what we are doing, and we are still forgiven. Call to forgive one another. Thanks be to God. Amen. Before we jump into the good word of our Lord, I do want to say um, thank you to this congregation. Recess is a gift. Uh, It is unique to downtown church, and it is a restorative gift. Uh, So hear this preacher say thank you for that Sabbath. Our whole staff says thank you. And I hope that you guys got to play some this summer in in God's creation and are coming back like us with a ton of energy and imagination, um, ready to do the work God has in store for us. We come back uh, to our sermon series this summer called The Mixtape. There are six tracks on our mixtape. And so we pick up, we are at number four. And the scripture is before you in your program. You can follow along. Jeremiah 33. I'm reading verses one through three. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still confined in the court of the guard. Thus says the Lord who makes it, the Lord who forms it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. The word of God for the people of God. Today I wanna talk about numbers. Numbers can be significant, right? Like think about a birthday or a milestone or an anniversary. There are numbers that we hit in life that mean something, you know? And some of them more than others cause us to pause, maybe reflect on our life thus far, reflect on where we're going, maybe even search for meaning. Birthdays are especially big for young children, as they should be, right? I mean, when somebody turns four, they've just added a quarter to their life. As we get older, birthdays can be mixed, perhaps. I know some people who love their birthday. Like, they celebrate the whole month and everybody knows it. It is a party. And then there are others of us who, um, we don't like to tell anyone it's our birthday, you know? Like, that growing number can make us feel weary, we have some, some feelings about it, right? And I still, I know others who, who say it's just a number, y'all. Like there's not that much different between yesterday and today. All this to say numbers by themselves, they can be objective. But then how we engage with the number, that can be subjective, open to interpretation. Depends on who you ask. In our Holy Bible, there are a lot of numbers. And some of those numbers are holy. Like 40, for instance. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness for how long? 40 years, right? Jesus took off after he was baptized to be tempted in the desert for how long? 40 days. How about the number 12? There's the 12 tribes of Israel. There's the 12 disciples. Maybe there's something about that number 12 that makes for a complete team. Who knows? Maybe 12 is the strategic number to grow a movement. How about the number seven? 
seven days of creation, right? Rest on the Sabbath. How about the number three? Jesus dies and then he will rise on the third day. The number two? The Lord says to us, I am with you where two or more are gathered. The number one, God says, I'm sending to you my only son, the one, anointed one. There's a lot for us to learn in our Holy Bible from numbers. And you know, biblical scholars, the really smart ones, you know, they'll tell us, be careful not to read too much into the numbers. Like 40 and seven, for example, those numbers, they're supposed to convey a fullness of time, a complete amount of time. It's not like we're supposed to go back and analyze exactly the number of days or a number of years. They don't measure time the exact same way that we do. We miss the point sometimes when we get a little too tied in the numbers, but I still, I don't think we can just write it off. Because the numbers, they are significant. They can convey meaning. They can help us draw connections from one scripture passage to another, even into our very lived lives today. We don't want to miss that. Jeremiah 33.3, it was submitted to our downtown church mixtape because of the numbers. And if you look at the scripture in front of you in that program, you might say, hey, Don, wait up there. I don't see any numbers in the content of this scripture. And you'd be right. There are no numbers in the words printed on the page, but, but the number does give us the location of this message in our greater scripture. It's in Jeremiah chapter 33, verses one through three, and specifically verse three is the one that one of you submitted for our mixtape. I'm going to read it again. The Lord says, call to me and I will answer you. Not only will I answer you, but I will tell you hidden things that you did not know before. The person who submitted this text had just gone through a divorce and it was their choice and it was the right choice for them. But still, they felt unsettled. And they were, you know, kind of going through, reliving all the choices that they had made that led them up to this point. And, And they were deciding, you know, even though divorce was and is the right choice for me, I don't like being divorced. I don't like all this aftermath that comes with it. I don't like how much it defines for the world who I am today. She, she found herself just asking these questions like, why? Why did this happen? And who, who am I now? And what am I supposed to do next? It was bothering her and that, that restlessness, it started manifesting in her sleep or rather lack thereof. She would wake up every morning at 3.33 a.m every single morning, clockwork. And it's kind of freaky, you know? Like, why not some mornings 3.31? And others 3.34? No, it was always 3.33 a.m. 
It didn't take long for this to start bothering her. So she went to a doctor, right? She said, hey, doc, I'm waking up at 3.33 a.m. and it is freaking me out and it is messing with my mind and my life. By the way, I'm not getting enough sleep, right? What does the doctor say? You formed a habit. You gotta break the habit. The doctor gives this list of creative solutions. She tries every single one. Go to bed earlier, eat a snack, nothing works. Every morning she's waking up at 3.33. And not only was she waking up at 3.33, but she was seeing 3.33 everywhere, like billboards, license plates in front of her. Have any of y'all ever had this experience with numbers? Some of you. If not you, then this is at least gonna, you know, provide some conversation for you at at dinner tonight with somebody who has. I know of a person, a friend of mine, who sees the date of when one of his parents died, like in odd places all the time, and he wonders what that means. There's a kid in this congregation who relates more to numbers than words. And when he comes to worship at downtown church and he sees when he comes to the doors, 2030, the location of our building, he says those words out loud every Sunday. It's part of his routine, 2030. And it would be a stretch, I'm just gonna admit, for me as a pastor to draw some meaning between this young mind that relates more to scripture, to numbers, to him coming in and knowing that this is a safe place where he can worship Jesus and he can ask big questions and he will feel loved, maybe. But maybe it's just a point of interest for him. Maybe it's just part of his routine. Maybe it is a catalyst, something that can lead to more. Well, prompted by these numbers, 333, this woman, she decided she was gonna go through the entire Bible, y'all and find the verse where it's chapter three, verse 33. She went through every single one. She said, Genesis, Exodus, they're not there. Numbers, first one, chapter three, verse 33. She read it out loud and she said, nope, that ain't it. She flipped to the next one, 2 Samuel three thirty-three. She read it, nope, that ain't it. Proverbs 3.33, nope, that ain't it. She went through the entire Bible and each time it was the same response. Nope, that ain't it. Then one day, one day she was at a Bible study and they were reading the prophet Jeremiah and they got to this part of the passage, chapter 33, verse three. Call to me. She said it hit her like a ton of bricks. God saying to her, call to me. She had to get up out of that room and walk out of the room because she was so overcome by how God was speaking directly to her. Call to me, God says, and I will answer you. She says when she heard these words, it was like release. It was God saying to her, hey, I'm here. Just ask me, ask me what is next for you. Ask me who you are now, ask me why. She said it was a release for her because growing up, her parents were not the kind of people that welcomed these questions. 
They were not available to her with life's biggest questions. And honestly, she didn't find many people who would even entertain those questions with her. So she felt alone in them. And here is God saying to her, call to me and I will answer you. She said, you know, Dawn, it may just be me, but I think God was waking me up at 3.33 in the morning so that I would call on God and I wouldn't look to myself or anyone else to those questions. She said it was a relief to her to read those words, Jeremiah 33, 3, because it reminded her that even though so much had changed in her life and in the world, God had not changed. God is still there. God is ready to listen, ready to engage, ready to reveal to her hidden things that right now she does not yet know. Y'all, the prophet Jeremiah, he was in his own personal hell when God spoke to him. Confined in the court of a king who feels threatened by him, he hears God saying, Jeremiah, call to me. And I will answer you and I will show you hidden things that you do not know yet. Can you imagine how alone Jeremiah felt confined in a court of the guard? Can you imagine how alone he felt as a prophet having to announce things to people that they don't wanna hear? Can you imagine how, how consumed he was not only by the judgment that was in every person around him, but his, his inner judge, you know, we all have it. Have you done enough? Did you do the right thing? God tells Jeremiah as he's telling each of us, call to me. I will answer you, God says, I will tell you great and hidden things that you do not yet know. And these things that God has to reveal to us, it might be the answer to some of those questions that are bugging you, that are waking you up in the middle of the night. It could be some answer to a social problem that we're experiencing today. I don't know what's gonna happen when you open that conversation between you and God, but I do know that God will answer you, that God will reveal to you hidden things. And that numbers, like words, can serve as connections to God, a catalyst, if you will, to pray, to reach out, to know that God is there. There's a French philosopher named Simone Weil who describes prayer as this. Prayer is giving to God all the careful attention of which the soul is capable. Prayer is simply giving to God all the careful attention that our soul is capable. Simply put, prayer is paying attention to everything, to the natural world, to people, to problems. As we pay attention, then we call on God to make meaning of it. And then when we, you know, undeniably give our observations and our opinions to God, God shows us hidden things. There's a Hasidic rabbi who, when he was approached by a Jew in his community complaining about other Jews in his community, here's the complaint, y'all, it makes me laugh. 
He was complaining that other Jews in the community were, were staying up late playing cards. I can think of a few other things we might complain over, right? But this rabbi, I love his answer. So the Jew comes to him. He's complaining about these others who are staying up late playing cards. The rabbi says, that's good. That's good. They're learning about concentration and becoming skilled at remaining awake for long hours. Just imagine how amazing these these people are when they finally turn that attention to God. They're going to be the best servants ever. Y'all paying attention is harder than it seems because it requires us to reach beyond the surface of things. It requires us to note that sometimes one thing appears one way, but it really masks another. It's a sacramental mystery. You see, God is present beneath the bread and the cup. God is, is present in the water. God is present in those questions about the meaning of life. Hidden for now, sure, but open to be revealed. And numbers, well, numbers can just help guide the way. Numbers can be something that we simply pay attention to, that we ask questions about, that we spend the better half of a month reading every scripture that relates to those numbers. It's just one way that we call to God, one way we pay attention, one way we might see the mystery revealed to us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Bye.
feel like that song in itself could be our prayer for today. So maybe whether you came to church today in a state of sorrow, on your path of tears, or maybe you're remembering a time in your life when you were on that way, let us go now to God and pray. Let us pray. Mysterious God, you created the world out of a formless void. Out of the chaos, you breathed order. You created beauty. God, in the chaos of this world, help us to be your co-creators. Help us to breathe beauty into this marvelous and complicated world in which we live. God, for the pain we know, help us to find peace. For the pain that we see around us, give us the courage to name it and the courage to never let someone sit in pain alone. God, break down our walls of hardened opinions Break down our expectations. Allow us to be changed. Allow us to listen. Allow us to be transformed. To be more like Jesus, our rabbi, our friend, and our savior, who taught us to pray, saying together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you now to stand as we say together the Apostles' Creed. And we affirm what we believe. So downtown church, what is it that you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to remain standing as we sing our final song.
I left out an important part of that story. After she read Jeremiah 33.3, she quit waking up at 3.33 in the morning. Feels like an important detail to share, you know? (laughs) Open our eyes, O Lord, to your mystery before us. Reveal what is hidden. Help us call to you. And as we go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.